You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Father, I pray for anyone who came in here today sick in their body, facing a financial situation that seems insurmountable, or maybe oppressed, depressed, lonely, maybe even suicidal, maybe worried about their future. Father, I pray that today you would release them from that, that fear would be gone, worry would be gone, and they would see that you have a future and a hope for them. I pray that you speak through me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my wife's been saying to me, you know, when are you going to talk about fasting? When are you going to talk about fasting? Because I normally don't preach about fasting. Many of us, um, how many of you did do the Daniel fast or on the Daniel fast or is fasting something? You know, you're fasting something. Amen. I heard some people were fasting TV. Some people were fasting Facebook. Um, I'd love to see somebody fast their cell phone for three weeks. That would be amazing. Like, think of your favorite food. What would it be easier to do, fast that or your cell phone? Food. Here we go. Everybody says the food. You know, um, fasting is in the Bible. Fasting is one of the keys to the kingdom of God. Fasting accompanies prayer many times. But throughout the Bible, you see the different times that fasting is mentioned. And some of the times are in response to calamity or it could be for humility. You know, um, for Yom Kippur, Jews fast for 24 hours. They still do today. So it's a sign of humility, a sign of... uh, thankfulness for the atonement that God gives. Or it could be a response to calamity. How many of you know in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that Jehoshaphat and Israel were surrounded by armies that were too insurmountable for them to defeat? And what happened? Jehoshaphat called a what? A fast. Because many times when there's a calamity, people will, uh, in, in the Bible, they'll call a fast. Of course, the Daniel fast, which we do, we don't really talk about this all all that much. This fast was because of mourning. This was a fast of mourning. Daniel said, I'm mourning and I'm fasting. And how many of you know that when you lose a loved one, you lose your appetite? Because immediately you forget about your body, you forget about your money, you forget about all this, and you realize how important life is. It's like your spirit rises up a little bit. You know, when different things happen, you lose your appetite because otherwise your appetite can consume you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Then in Joel chapter 2, God said for these people to come back with fastings. Come back to God with fastings. So people fast to rededicate themselves or come back to God. Maybe they've lost their way. How many of you ever went on a fast just to come back to God? Maybe you lost your way. I know I have. Because you get caught up in things. And finally, in the book of uh, Joel also, it talks about coming back and consecrating yourself. Like fasting is a way of cleansing. It's like a spiritual cleansing. Now, everybody talks about, you know, I'm having a cleansing in my body. But there's something else being cleansed. It's your spirit. And when you fast, you just, you don't get closer to God because if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he lives in you. Amen? But you hear his voice clearer. 
you read his word and, and you get more revelation because you're putting down the flesh. You're saying, flesh, you are not in control. Amen. We know that Moses fasted for 40 days when he was writing the Ten Commandments. And you know what it says? He didn't have drink or food. Now, we know through science and through trial and error that you cannot not drink and eat for 40 days. You will die. You can fast for 40 days on just liquids. I know people that have. Um, it's, it's possible. But without liquid, you can't. Well, Moses was in the presence of the Lord, and that's what sustained him. We know that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he did what? He fasted for 40 days. And we know that he was drinking because it says that after he came out, he hungered. He hungered. So it was a food fast for Jesus. Also, Jesus taught about fasting. He said, don't fast and be religious about it. Let me, let me tell you something right now. It's okay, and I'm telling you right now, I'm fasting. It's okay to tell someone you're fasting. That's fine. This isn't like secret giving or something. You know, it's different. It's okay, but we're not, to, and, and actually, I feel great. I, I slept for three hours last night. I haven't eaten in a week or more. I haven't, well, actually, I haven't eaten in three days, but I haven't uh, had real food in over a week, and I feel fantastic. Real food, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, well, you think vegetables are real food. I think steak's real food. It's... I had a dream. You know when you fast, you dream a lot more? How many of you know that? The, I'm telling you, it, it's, I had a dream. We were at the men's group. We were in a pub. I don't know why we were in a pub. But all the men had Ziploc bags, and when they opened it up, they had a cooked steak. And when they put it on the bar, it sizzled. So Pastor Kevin, Pastor John, Robert, you were all there. It was like the Wizard of Oz. You guys were all there. And, and, and I started cutting the steak, and, and I started eating, and I was like, what am I doing? And I woke up. I was having so many dreams last night, I woke up at 3 in the morning, and I couldn't get back to sleep. My mind was just buzzing. See, because when you're not stuffing yourself with food, you can actually think for a second. Nobody can go into, you know, what's that, you know, all-you-can-eat place, and by your third servant, serving, you have stopped thinking because you are eating disgusting food that is liable to kill you. <laughs> Let me get back to fasting now. <laughs> Jesus said, don't do it. <laughs> religiously, don't do it to show off. And trust me, I'm not going like, I can't wait to fast so I can show off. I mean, really, I mean, that's not the point of it. We're going to see later that we don't fast for ourselves. Ultimately, we fast for others. But um, Jesus said, when you fast. So he was like, you know, when you fast, not if you're going to fast, when you fast. And it's good to fast. It's good for your body. It's great for your spirit. And it doesn't have to be a 21-day fast. Tried not eating for a day. You think it's easy. It's not, unless you're ready. And, and you know, never just say, oh, they're fasting, I'm going to fast. Doesn't work. You really got to prepare yourself. And this year, I was prepared. I was like, when's the, when's the fast going to be, Pastor Alicia? Because she always declares it. She's like, she's like Mahosafat, all right? She's... <laughs> 
She's like, the fast is going to be this day. And I just wait. And this year when I heard what day it was going to be, I was like, okay, I'm getting ready. And I started fasting the day before because I wanted to be ready. I wanted to be ready. And Jesus also said, you know, because people were getting mad because basically they were calling Jesus a wino. I mean, he was going to parties. You know, they were getting mad at Jesus saying, why don't your disciples fast? John the Baptist's disciples are fasting, and the Pharisees are fasting, and the Sadducees, why why aren't they? And Jesus said, they will one day when I leave. And he has left the earth physically, but when we fast, he's so close. Amen? He is so close. But I want you to see that we don't fast for ourselves. Look at Isaiah 58 and verse 6. It says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens? (coughs) There are people in this church right now that have heavy burdens on them. There are people here that are carrying way too much luggage. They're carrying stuff they shouldn't be carrying. There are people that feel the weight of the world. Maybe they feel the weight of the world, of their family, of their marriage, of their ministry, of their financial situation, of their health. They're just weighed down with heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And to break that yoke. You know, some people have been oppressed so long and so much that now they have a yoke of oppression on them that seems to be with them wherever they go. Somebody say amen. You know what I'm talking about. It needs to be broken. The yoke needs to be literally broken. The chains need to be broken. And is this fast not to share your bread with the hungry? Let us not forget, church, that we are to look after our brothers and sisters. And we do. You know, we have a benevolence fund. And if you qualify for benevolence, you'll get it, you know. If you're 30 years old and you're in perfect shape and you could have a job tomorrow, you probably won't get it, (laughs) you know, Uh, a single, you know, guy or something. But if you're a single mom and you're in a situation, you will get it. We need to share our bread with those that are hungry and to bring to the house people that are cast out, people that are hurting. I think of Pastor John and Susan who took Ibrahim into their house. They met this man at a gas station. They met him at a gas station. He ended up, his house went on fire, but because of the prayer of the saints, none of his stuff was burned. Came to live in your house, and here he is doing the slides in the back of the church, helping out with the... Yeah. He's waving. He's... Yeah. If you miss one scripture slide today, though, you're You're done. So pay attention up there. (laughs) He's smiling now. Wait till he misses a scripture. (laughs) Cue. When you see the naked, you cover them. In other words, when you see people that that are suffering from sin and people that, you know, instead of pointing a finger, it talks later in the scriptures of pointing a finger of, of, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, and, and offending people, you cover them. You cover them. Listen, God's got you covered. I got you covered. I got enough grace for you. Do you know there's nobody that you don't have enough grace for? Say amen now. 
Because over the holidays, there was a few people you were around that you, you were like, I don't know if I can do this. And what my wife always says to me is, you got enough grace for them. You got enough grace. Amen. Amen. We do. And not hide yourself from your own flesh, which in some translation says, don't forget your relatives. Don't forget your relatives. <coughs> How many of you have relatives that you'd like to forget? Keeping it real. And when I say forget, I say forget about trying to witness to them. Forget about trying to share the gospel with them. And you know what? Sometimes you do have to stop. Just live it. But intercede in the spirit that someone will come into their life and lead them to Jesus. That's what my brother did. That's how I came to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I tried to make my kids get, I tried to make my kids get saved. I went grace father on them. You come kiss this ring and you get saved now. <laughs> Didn't work. Didn't work. But other people led them to Jesus. Now, sometimes you do lead your family. You do. I did pray with a couple of my kids and they got saved. I think they just wanted money for the movies. But anyway. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not sure, I, to be honest with you. And if they're a teenager, just give them to the Jacksons and let them get them saved. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. I didn't mean to put that on you. <laughs> but um, God wants people set loose, freed, healed. He wants to break yokes. He wants the yokes to be broken so we can receive the promises of God. See, there are promises that Christians are not receiving because they're yoked up with something else. Amen? Amen. In Mark chapter 9, in Matthew 17, it talks about what's one of my favorite passages in the Scriptures. It talks about the man that brings his son, Remember? To the disciples, they can't cast out the demon. That's, it, it, the kid is having seizures. He's being thrown back and forth. And the father's besides himself. He brings, you know, the, and, and Jesus has given the disciples the power, and they have cast out demons. They have. Right before that. But here they come, and, in, and it's in Matthew 17 as well. And um, what happens is they can't. And, and skip to the end, they come to Jesus, and they say, why couldn't we do it? And here's what he says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. He says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Interestingly enough, some of the later manuscripts of the Bible in Matthew 17, they leave out the word fasting. And they say that that was put in by religious people, but they can't find that in Mark chapter 9, so I'm going to take it, Okay. By prayer and fasting, he says, this one, this, this kind. Now, you could just take the D off of that word, and what word do you have? Kin. Everybody knows what the word kin is, right? It's like relative. Do you know that that word, that word kind there, is the word for offspring? It's the word for offspring or relative or kin. Amen? However, this kin... This kind, this offspring. Anybody ever hear of kindred spirits? Those are spirits that are what? Kind of like the same? Anybody have a kindred spirit here in church? I hope you got at least one. Amen. Me? I'm your kindred spirit? Thanks. But it's just like your kin, you know? It's like family. And you know, Jesus said that the devil is the father of lies. 
You know who the kin is? You know who this kind is? It's little lies, little baby devil lies. The devil has babies, and they're all lies. You know, we, we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Different forces. There's different forces named in Ephesians. There's different hierarchies of the enemy. And he said, this kind, you got to go to extra. This one, you got to fast as well. Has anyone here ever fasted and had breakthrough in their life? Has anyone here ever fasted and had breakthrough in their life? See, he said, if you fast and pray, you can release that young man from that bondage. And that's what the Lord's been speaking to me all week. It's been an interesting week for me. Uh, a lot of crazy things happen. When you fast, things will happen. Trust me. <laughs> it's been happening all week. And my wife and I are like, my wife, everything that happens, my wife says to me, it's because of the fast. It's because of the fast. Because we're, 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 we're taking out the keys and we're, we're taking out the sword and we're, taking, we're fighting We're fighting a spiritual battle. It takes effort to pray. Praying is like fasting. Coming to church is like fasting. Giving is like fasting. Fasting just happens to be with food, but it's all the same. It's all a key to defeating the enemy. And trust me, we have an enemy. How many of you know we have an enemy? So here I come to Thursday. And Thursday night, we have our, our corporate prayer. And I'm fasting, and the Holy Spirit's like, well, you missed the first part. You get to the... Now, a lot of times, my wife and I do not go to the prayer meeting because we wanted to let them get the prayer meeting going. You know, we wanted to give them freedom. Because sometimes when you're the pastor, you always got to be on your game. Everybody wants you to get, get the mic or say something or be a part of, or maybe they feel encumbered. So we wanted to do that, you know? And uh, so I came in, in incognito to the prayer meeting. I sat in the back. I was going to come in in a hoodie, but I couldn't find one. So I came, and I sat there in the back, and I just wanted to be a part of I just wanted to receive. I just wanted to pray. And, uh, you know, Debbie and Todd and Robbie were doing the worship up here. Like, they were standing sideways over here. I was like, sideways worship? Cool. They were like, sideways worship, and it's really cool. <laughs> It was different. It was awesome. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I was just meditating on um, three-day fast because uh, <coughs> you probably know my story I because uh, you've all read my book, and if you haven't, no. <laughs> um, my story of when I wanted to be a, a trader on the New York Mercantile Exchange, I had $70,000 of moving violations. I was a high school dropout. I would, uh, you know, you know the rest. Um, and I went to the board of, of this NYMEX. Somebody here knows exactly what I'm talking about. I went to the board of the NYMEX, and they shot me down. And this one guy who I'll never, I will not mention his name because he's on TV every day, but he said, as long as I'm a member of this exchange, you'll never be in this exchange. And uh, I had this boss. Now, this boss I had, man, how many of you think, you ever see that movie, Horrible Bosses? Or something? <laughs> I actually haven't seen it, but I have wanted to kill my boss. Uh, anybody here think you have a worse boss than I had? Raise your hand right now. Hopefully your boss isn't here. Amen. Son, why'd you raise your hand? I'm your boss right now. 
Grace raised their hand too. All right. All right. People that work in my office raise their hand. All right. I'll get you back. I got the mic. You got nothing. <laughs> so um, we were going to this church that met in the city. It was 2,000 young people. Okay, it was a cult. But we went to this church <laughs> that met in the city, and uh, they were teaching on fasting, and people were fasting. Like, we were really learning fasting, and this was real fasting. Like, you're just drinking water, no food, nothing. And uh, I knew I needed to do something. This guy that was my boss, he was born, listen to this, he was born in the same year, same day, Halloween, 1979, and uh, you guys, you need to wake up. I'm just checking. 1959, Halloween, same day as me. He was so mean to me. This guy was like an MIT grad. He had it all, you know. But actually, he wasn't a very good trader. I hope he doesn't listen to my messages. But he wasn't that good. But he would say, go get my dry cleaning and, you know, call, you know, my kids or, you know, go get me a coffee. I mean, he, do you ever have somebody just treat you so bad? I mean, this was not my job. Like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is a nightmare. It's the anti-me is my boss. On that day, God said, let there be good, let there be evil. And the evil was my boss. I, didn't, I felt like there was no way out. I was telling Alicia, I can't do this. <coughs> she said, you're going to do it. So I did it. You know, that's why when people come to me now and they say, I don't know about this job. You just started yesterday. <laughs> and we just were talking to somebody. I mean, you just started. What would what, you think? So anyway, I decided I was going to fast. And I fasted for three days. You see, because Esther did a three-day fast. It says that, you know, if you know the story of Esther and, and Purim and all that stuff, anyway, this king was tricked by Haman to kill all the Jews, and uh, she needed to go into the king and talk to him. You've probably seen the movie too, right, when she meeting the king and all that great stuff. And, but she knew that... There was a chance when she went in to see the king without him calling for her that she would be killed. So she fasted, her and her maids, and then she said to tell all of Israel, everybody fast for three days. And you know what happened when she got to the king? Favor. You know why? Because what she did was working in the spirit. See, the guy Haman, he was working in the flesh, but she worked in the spirit. She fasted, and they prayed. And by the time they got there, favor was on her. Because God has the ear of the king. That's what you were speaking over me when you prayed over me on Thursday, that God has the ear of the king. You don't remember you were in the Holy Spirit. God has the ear of the king. So, and then also Saul, when he was, trans, when he was changed to being Paul, when he was blinded by the light. Remember that song? I thought it was about that. I don't know. He was blinded by the light. And it says that he didn't eat nor drink for three days. And then after that, the scales fell and he was able to see. See, because it's, it's working in the spirit. See, when you fast, you can hear God. You can see things better. You can see how things really are. So here's what happened to me from my three-day fast. I'm on the trading floor, which is not the place to be fasting, by the way. <laughs> Anybody here ever work on the trading floor? Raise your hand, Monique. <laughs> Uh, 
that is a really tough place to fast, but I'm doing it because I, I have no choice. How am I going to break through this ceiling? So on the third day, and the third day of, of your fast, when you're just doing a liquid fast, you get this rush. For me, it's today. You're not hungry. You're not thirsty. You're just full of energy, and you see things as, as they really are. And so what happened to me in the, near the end of the trading day when everything gets really hectic, I mean, people are yelling and screaming, hundreds of thousands of dollars are flying by you. I just had a peace come over me. And I saw that even if I don't get this, I'm okay. Like, I'm all right. God loves me. This is all going to pass away anyway. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. It's okay. And of course, what happened a week later? I got in. I got in. But it wasn't... Eventually, he spoke to the ear of someone. That guy left. He went to another exchange. And one of my friends, somebody that really liked me and cared about me, he got the seat that that guy had. And when I got into there, he looked at me and said, it's going to be all right. Because I had been so hurt and so embarrassed. But you know what? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are. If you fight in the spirit... All things are possible for you. All things are possible for you. So I'm sitting back here at the prayer meeting, getting back, and I'm thinking about three-day fast, and and, and immediately the prayer starts. And so Robert Finlay comes up, and he starts leading the prayer. Now, this might look like Clark Kent to you right here. Please stand up, Robert. This is not Clark Kent. This is Superman, I just want you to know. And that's not Lois Lane. That's Wonder Woman right there. (laughs) Quick, give me another woman superhero. I need one quick for Brenda. But anyway, so Robert starts praying, and he's, like, taking authority and everything. And, you know, he's, like, just just in command of the prayer. And then Sandy gets up, and you think Sandy's so quiet and everything until she blows the shofar and until she prays. Because she was, like, in the name of Jesus. And I was, like... I was sitting in my seat, and I was like shaking like this. And then Brenda Berrios gets up, like the voice of God. In the name of Jesus, I was like, wow. That girl can pray. I'm so thankful that they're praying for us. So thankful. I'm not done. Then Mercia got up, and Mercia likes to go like this and everything. Because she's interceding in the spirit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't let me forget. There was more. There was more. Who else? Cecile. Cecile gets up. This woman, she's quiet, but she's powerful. And then finally, whoop, Monique Deval gets up there. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I was like, yeah, I'm ready now. And right, I'm serious. It was so powerful. So powerful, the prayer people here, so powerful. And you know what? They're doing it every week, and we, you don't even pay attention. But that's what's keeping the fire burning, people. The furnace is right in there. You want to get heated up? Join the prayer team. You want to come out on fire? Get in there. You know why I'm still standing? Because of them. That's why. So anyway, I'm like, okay, three-day fast. So I'm already doing the Daniel fast, but God says, no, you're not eating food for three days. It's Thursday. Come to Sunday. Boom. Boom, chakalaka. 
So then I'm like, okay, I got, I'm doing it. I had no problem with it. I, I have never been able, because I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it was God. So I, at the end of the thing, I'm like, oh, I just need a prayer. Did you ever just need prayer? It's, it's nice to be able to just sit in a service and just come up for prayer. And uh, not have to be Pastor Joe to just be Joe. <laughs> so I came up and I asked Robert and Sandy to pray for me. And they told me that, that uh, God has the king's ear. And they all laid hands on me. And then Pastor Courtney just out of nowhere comes and says to me, this is what he says to me, what he told you, do. This is the confirmation. I'm like, okay. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. I will fast for three days for my congregation. My son heard about it. He said he'll fast and only drink water for three days for the congregation. Why has he got to be better than me? <laughs> I had smoothies and broth. He's like, I'm just drinking water. Yeah, young. All right? Who the? Who do you think you are? See, but I'm telling you something. Fasting helps you to hear the voice of the Lord. Look at Acts 13. It helps you to hear the voice clearly. Because there's chicken talking to you. There's hamburgers talking to you. Ribeyes talk to me. Ribeyes have spirits as far as I'm concerned. Okay? Maybe it's candy for you. Raise your hand, you sweet people. Come on. You can't get away from the sweets. I don't care about sweets. How many of you don't care about steaks? Oh, a whole bunch of you. Make me feel bad now. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke. And it was clear enough that they separated people. They sent people. Because they were so sure. Because they were fasting. Because when you fast, you can hear God's voice so clearly. I heard his voice so clearly on Thursday night. Fast. For the congregation, because you don't fast for yourself. And now we're going to get to the next part, which is the close of this message, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to loose, and we're going to break every bond. We're going to lift every heavy burden that anyone here has. No matter how long it's been going on, or how short it's been going on, it doesn't belong on you. I need somebody who's got a big set of keys that I could jingle around. Like, they're really a, a set of keys that's real, like, keys. I don't want one little, like, you know, little key that you just walk in your car by. Oh, you got a good one? Okay, can you, can you get them for me? Yeah, Christian. That's what I call keys. Is that Sammy Guzman? This is the key where you lock Alex in the closet. <laughs> this is... The key where you put the kids in the room and shut it. Amen. Praise God, I got keys. All right, I got to call Steve up here. I'll call Steve along. Come on up. There's a, there's a lot of people here, so they got to see this. Um, not like the first service I called my son up, but. <coughs> so here's what happened. Steve went on Facebook. Now. I go on Facebook once in a while. Okay, all day. All right. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. Amen? Download the app so you know what Emerge is doing. Okay. So Steve goes on Facebook, and uh, 
he had a dream, because he's been fasting a little longer than some of us. And he had a dream, and his dream involved Michael Jordan. And uh, I said, that wasn't Michael Jordan, that was Pastor Joe, raining threes on you. But he... <laughs> so I joked around about it first, but he was serious about this dream. How many of you know that when you fast, you have many more dreams, many more visions? I'm telling you, I am dreaming. I'm like dream weaver right now. I can't. I never dream, but right now, I'm serious. I'm telling you. I don't know what dream weaver is, so you're laughing. I don't really know what it is. Steve has, Steve has this dream, and he writes it down on Facebook. And uh, all right, who do you want to be, Steve or Michael Jordan? All right, Joey, you could be Michael Jordan. <laughs> See, in the first service, I said, I said, Joey, who do you want to be, Steve or Michael Jordan? He said, Michael Jordan. But you'll see now he wants to be Steve, not Michael Jordan. But. <laughs> so Steve wrote this down on Facebook. I'm, I'm being real serious right now. This is, re- like, amazing. So Steve writes this thing about his dream. He says, in my dream... I was wrestling, tell me if I'm wrong, I was wrestling with Michael Jordan. Show us how it was going. <laughs> wait, 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 hey, hold on! <laughs> wait, wait, do it this way so the key, can, they can see the key. <laughs> and he said, I, or, not yet. <laughs> Slow down! <laughs> So Steve said, I was wrestling with Michael Jordan, and I had him in a chokehold, and he was about to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, Michael Jordan took keys and jabbed it into his side. (laughs) There's blood! (laughs) Stay here for a second. So can you get into that place where you were? Just... Stay there for about 10 minutes. Now, I'm going to stand. So the first thing I said, <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying this too. First thing I said was Steve, after I joked around with him, I said, Steve, when you fast, you will dream more. I wrote this. I rarely comment on Facebook, but I was just, I was zinging. My mind was moving. I was like, this is real. This is God. And I said, you know, when you fast, you will dream. And, there, and, you know, other people were coming in, you know, vis- dreams and visions. They meet, you know, people were like, yeah, you know. And I said, Steve, this means something. And then the Lord said to me, well, what's your name? And I said, Joseph. And he said, okay, we'll interpret it. So I did. And I believe I interpreted it right. Now, I know Steve very well. Michael Jordan, how are you? Good. Yeah. <laughs> you have like... million. I think you're okay. (laughs) But you better have Jesus, Michael Jordan. And I know this because Steve and I always argue about who's better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. I think, I know know Michael Jordan's better, but I'd still argue with him anyway because I I love LeBron James. And I know LeBron, I know Michael Jordan is his idol. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He He said, Steve, right now during this fast, You're you're choking out some of the idols in your life. But before they're totally gone, you're allowing them to stab you with the keys. 
And I said, Steve, you just need to know that the keys are yours. You got the keys to the kingdom. You have the key. So go drive that car home. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Do you see it? Do you see it? He's fasting for breakthrough. And many of us, we're, we got a chokehold on it. But just about, we're about to defeat it. In the side, in the side, in the side, in the side. The whole worship team come up, in the side. Because you know what? We don't realize Jesus gave us the keys. We have the keys. We're the ones that unlock. We're the ones that loose. We're the ones that break the yoke. We got the keys. We got the keys. And you know what? Steve's got the keys. And he will have breakthrough. And this was from God. I'm telling you. He's got the keys. We have the keys. We're wrestling with these things. And we allow them to be in control. We allow them to bind and loose. We allow them to be, to lock and unlock. When the whole time, the keys are in our hands. And guess what? We don't even have to turn anymore. We just walk in. Our keys are electronic now. We just walk with them and the things just bust and just break. Now, I said, God, first we're going to make sure everyone here is saved. If you would just bow your head with me right now. I want to make sure everyone here knows Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that you've been loosed from your sin. <laughs> In Isaiah, when it talks about being loosed from wickedness and covered when you're naked, it's talking about sin that has a hold on people. But you know what? Jesus said on this rock, I'll build my church. I'll give you the keys. He's given us the keys, Grace Church, to unlock souls. And week in and week out, we see people getting saved here. We've unlocked their life. We've broken the door down of sin, and now they live under the blessing of an open heaven. Everything we do, we do in the Spirit. That's why we pray for salvation. There's nothing you can do for it, but you can pray for it. You can speak for it. Words you don't see, but they are powerful. Because Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So let's say this prayer together. Everyone here. Eyes closed, head bowed. Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he set me free by dying on the cross. Set me free from sin. Sickness. Depression. And every other bond of wickedness. He died on the cross took my punishment. You raised him from the dead that I might have a new life. Jesus, come into my heart today. I start my new life right now. Amen. Everybody's eyes are closed, head bowed for a second. If you said that prayer, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to 
know that you know that you know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand high. Okay. A couple people have raised their hand. Those of you that raised your hand, please stand to your feet.